everyone, welcome to another episode of Spending Time. I'm David Brennan and I'm here with Zach Pena from A Block to Watch, also who represented the team in, uh, where was it? Where was the last Apple event? Yeah, we were down in Cupertino at the uh, at the new headquarters. I, I'm not sure, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't there last year, but I think, uh, was the event at the same, the new theater? It was in the Steve Jobs Auditorium. Um, um I was there, I think, two years ago. I think it was in 2016 that I went there, and, um... And at that time, it was in downtown San Francisco, actually. So it was just some, I don't know, some event hall or something like that. Oh, no. Um, so you could see the spaceship from the outside? Yeah, oh, yeah. There was, it's, the auditorium is interesting. It's, it's, it's built into the hill, uh, but on the top of the hill, there's this, this kind of large circular glass enclosure. Um, wow. That, uh, you know, they had food tables and stuff set up, and then... Within that room, there's two sets of stairs that's kind of spiraled down underground into the auditorium that curves into the hill. But on the top of the hill, um, within the main kind of glass enclosure, you can kind of look out over this this grassy field, and you can see the 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 actual campus is right there. So it's pretty interesting. Like it's it's you know it was, the auditorium was clearly designed to be kind of for these types of events where. It brings um, media and you know these the, the types of people that get invited to these events to the Apple campus to get just like a taste without you know the security nightmare of like having hundreds or even thousands of people actually inside the the physical campus. So just just a taste, but it was pretty cool to be down there. Um, you know, and they fly they fly hundreds of. Um, Apple support staff from all of the different, like the Genius Bars and, and all wow. the different retail locations all over the world to come support for the event. So these people work as like greeters and checking badges and uh, I mean even even like um, helping out with some of the catering stuff and directing like the flow of traffic. We're all people from different Apple stores around the world, which I thought was a interesting touch. I'm not sure if they've done that before, but it helped kind of create this this really warm like excited environment that I really kind of wasn't expecting for like a you know what was by and large a tech conference so it was pretty cool yeah that, that sounds awesome for technical reasons you can't see my screen right now but I just googled Odemar Pigate building just to find because I recall that they were building something some sort of a concentrical building just next to the manufacturer in the Valley Valley de Joux I believe is where they are <clears throat> and I just wanted to pull this up because my question that I was like, it's sort of a rhetorical question, but can you imagine a watch brand doing something of this magnitude for essentially, you know, a product release? And I understand we're talking about Apple, but at the same time, you know, uh, we, are com- we are comparing Apple to, you know, the watch industry and Apple launches products once a year. Usually, well, when it's a really big deal, it's it's every two years, you know, when a, when a genuinely new iPhone comes up, when it's not an S release, but it's like you go from seven to eight or from eight to 10 or something like that. So basically, my, my point is that can you imagine something like this, you having experienced an Apple event happening in the watch industry? No, I, I can't. And, and kind of having done Basel and a few other watch events this year, I can now say that I, I, it's really hard to imagine a watch company being... It, it's, it's funny because a lot of the watch brands, even when you go to Basel at some of the, the, you know, the meetings and everything, the brands feel... Um, I, I wouldn't say standoffish, but the brands, they don't, they don't feel particularly warm in that they... I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how to frame this without without it it sounding like you know people are jerks. But like at the same time, you know, <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the Apple event, I mean there was there was 
you know, this is this is this is you know one of the most influential companies of this generation and previous generations in the world, and they are still inviting people, and they created this warm environment. And I I genuinely felt like they wanted me to be there. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know who any of us were. But like it it felt like they wanted media. They were excited to bring a product to us, and they were excited to share it. And that really truly say whatever you want about Apple, say whatever mm. you want about the watch, about the devices. Yeah. Um, they created a really, really unique environment at this event, and uh, that that feeling is not part of what the Swiss do. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it's I think exactly. by and large, it's just it's just not. Yeah. So to answer your question, no, I can't see any Swiss brand doing that. But at the same time, I do really love how um, Apple and by and large how the Swiss industry does these kinds of releases, where Basel is exciting to a certain degree, where. There's, a, there's kind of a novelty in, in things not being known, being released and shown to the public for the very first time on a stage. And I think in this era of, uh, you know, the way the information travels uh, and, and can be leaked via, you know, Instagram and via the, the you know, the Internet, um, it's it's really cool to see something kind of unveiled before your eyes. And I, I, I hope that never goes away to a certain degree because it keeps things yeah. exciting for us. Um but but also like I don't know it's there's, there's sort of a childlike wonder in, in being uh, bearing witness to something like that so I, yeah I I would hope the Swiss watch industry you know and maybe Audemars is, has something like that in the works I, uh, I, I doubt it <laughs> <laughs> but but you raised some excellent points actually with 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 them making you feel like you were welcome that that was actually the same you know happened in uh, when I was there in in, in twenty sixteen I just looked it up it's yeah it was in twenty sixteen. Um, at the WWDC event, which is more of a software event, but there were also some some um, some news and some stuff happening with the Apple Watch. And to be honest, I also think that that was sort of like not a test, but something you know, like of Apple inviting us to. We've been part of the original Apple Watch launch and all that kind of stuff. But you know, these massive brands they maintain relationship with the media in, in mysterious ways, and sometimes it's part of like. Hey, here's an event. It's not really your thing that much, but why don't you just come over on your own money <laughs> and maybe see, you know, if you can cover it, you know, uh, well. And yeah, that was two years ago. We've come a long way since then, but that still was uh, pretty interesting. As for this thing happening in the watch industry, my thinking uh, that I just realized is gonna possibly happen is the Swatch Group pulling out of. Basel, which is already a thing, and it's been it's been confirmed. I I, I talked with many different people from many different uh, Swatch Group brands, uh, um, locally and in other countries, and whatever you can all, all you can imagine. And everyone said that yes, indeed, it is happening. Swatch Group is pulling out from uh, from Basel. And so, can you imagine the Swatch Group throwing fifty million Swiss francs, which is their alleged annual budget for Basel, fifty million Swiss francs? Which is basically fifty million dollars these days, at at, at an event, um, which I doubt will actually happen. I honestly, genuinely, I give it like less than five percent chance that Swatch Group will pick up all its brands and say, "Oh, okay, we just found a nice place in Lausanne or Geneva <laughs> or wherever. Let's put everyone down, including the ones who are not really that top of their game because of reasons, <laughs> like Mito and and a few other ones who we actually like, but they cannot really." you know, leave or, you know, in the same sort of spotlight as Omega and others do. But still, my point is just to rip this up, is that I think there's a good chance that early next year we're going to see something awesome if 
if Swatch Group actually make it happen. Because honestly, they should show the world, or at least Basel world, how it's done. You know, if they pulled out from Basel world because it wasn't good enough, then all right, let's show us. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Well, and I think that can be done without spending Basel world money. I mean, I, I feel like half the problem with Basel world is that that cost is mm -hmm. for a lot of brands that cost is born upon them from the Basel world organization and not from them actually getting the most value for dollar so if swatch group is in the driver's seat and they decide they're going to throw um you know a weekend event or something like you said at some location to, to showcase various aspects of their brands in in some capacity they're in the driver's seat in terms of how the money gets spent at these types of activations and they can get really really creative and i genuinely hope that they do and i mean i i know that within the industry them pulling out was um was news that really worried a lot of people but as as media and i think as a consumer i think it's great news i mean honestly mm -hmm. I, I really do and um i mean i i think sihh hasn't fully taken flight yet uh, in terms of creativity but everybody that you talk to that that was at that event I mean that event is a very different beast than Basel world and and for good reasons not not because it's just another event it's also a great way uh, for people to be able to see more you know a more comprehensive look at these brands that they might have either skipped over at Basel world or had to blow through really quickly because there's just so much to see at Basel so I think I think breaking up the calendar a little bit and doing these different events, um, is a really good thing, and I, I hope Swatch makes you know takes full advantage of that. Um, I would imagine if they were smart, they would take fifty million and say, okay, we'll do twenty million for you know an event or multiple events, and then we'll take the rest of that and we'll invest it in R and D or we'll invest it in digital marketing or ad or you know whatever. I mean, I, I would assume that they would they would reallocate those dollars. They wouldn't just say, okay, we have 50, 50 million dollars, we're gonna we're gonna spend it on a different type of event. For fifty million, out of out of those fifty million, five million we're we are paying to fly all the marketing people to the next Apple event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Can you could, imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> you go into the venue and it's just full of Swash group people. <laughs> yeah, that would be with that with their be... with their moleskin notepads and stuff, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no Apple logos, but you know, like lighting up in the dark, you know, right. room. It's just it's just expensive pens, you know, scraping away on right, on right. way too thick paper. That's that's the only. You know, but I've, I've I've seen this happen in you know, the bike industry. Does not have the same kind of money that the watch industry has, but but Trek bicycles, which is one of the the three sort of big bicycle brands in the world. Um, pulled out of what is essentially the Basel world of bikes, this this trade show called Interbike. So um, they, they pulled out of that a number of years ago, and they just they hold their own special Trek event at their headquarters, which is in Wisconsin, once a year. And they invite all their dealers. They invite their retail partners, their influencers. Their, it feels kind of like a family event uh, mm -hmm. and not like an industry trade show type event. And it's definitely cool. something that people look forward to. It's a, it's hands-on time with the brand. It's very personalized. There's plenty of time to actually like ride bikes and do other stuff. You're not like wandering around a trade show floor. I mean, it's really granted. Again, the bike industry is dramatically different than how the Swiss industry operates. But 
that to me is is how you create affinity towards your brand is you, you do something personal like that you pull out of the mainstream you do something semi-exclusive something personal but you still create a, an avenue for your news to, uh, to get out into the world and you do your releases you do all your stuff I mean it's everybody kind of wins in that regard and and you, yeah I mean I, I just I don't know, I'd be giving the Swiss industry a little bit too much credit if I said that that's exactly what they would do, but I think that's what they should do. Let's <laughs> so, hope so, yes. Yeah, Fingers exactly. crossed yeah, something exactly. immersive. Yeah, cooler um, heads prevail. <laughs> speaking of immersive, let's talk about a larger screen on the Apple One. <laughs> yeah, Christ. exactly. That Good was see. the most marketing <laughs> connection I've ever, ever done on, the, on this podcast. Good but try, anyway. good try. Um... <laughs> Here's yeah. can I can I begin with what I don't like and yeah. and 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 then we'll we'll, we'll yeah, go to some, some place that's that's nicer. Um, what I don't like is Apple launching these products with images that are. I'm looking at the Apple.com opening screen. So if you go there, you will see this this picture that went viral that leaked before the phone actually got you know before the actual debut of the of the new phones and it shows two gold. Apple iPhones on top of one another and they both show a planet um, that curves around the screen or arches across the screen rather and it's done in a way because it's an arch in basically uh, a rectangle some parts is bla are black and you cannot see the notch so it's not a screen that shows a full image you know that's full with an image rather it's just it's it's done in a way that you don't realize that the uh, the screen actually doesn't go all the way to the edge and that there's a big ass notch on the top of the top of the screen and so it's clever in a way and of course apple it's in apple's best interest to depict its products you know in, in a way that uh, highlights its strengths and hides its weaknesses but i think it's way too it's way too obvious at this point and if I look at the Apple Watch, you know, which, you know, you go to apple.com slash watch and you open this, open this page, the first thing you see is the Apple Watch, of course, at a slight angle, photographed or it's rendered, um, to be more specific. And it's an all black screen with like some text on it. So you cannot tell how large the screen actually is. It gives you the illusion of all of the front of the watch being screen, but then you scroll down a little bit and then you realize, yes, it's a third better or and the third larger, generally speaking, I think it's 32 and 35%, but it's not as large as the opening screen makes it appear. No, and no they, they definitely huh? kind of hide it a little bit. And the, you know, yeah. the, that was sort of the buzzword that um, in the, the once the conference, once the actual presentation was over, everybody runs upstairs to this uh, this gallery where you can shoot a bunch of photos and stuff of the all stampede. the products that are live. Yeah, it was a stampede for for lack of a better term. <laughs> and um, the buzzword that every um, Apple representative, every station had was that oh the screens are thirty five percent larger and edge to edge was a, a term that was being thrown around pretty liberally. But Ooh. it's not really fully edge to edge. I mean, if you and to your point. <laughs> Um, they say it's edge to edge, and in a lot of those, a lot of those, um, a lot of those, the media assets, um, yeah. the screens are dark, and so whatever image is on it, it looks like it wraps fully around. But then when you actually get it in your hand, you see that it like totally you know the edges are kind of curved, and it starts to go into the curve of where the case curvature sort of begins. It really doesn't go all the way to the edge. I mean, the the main photo that we lead with in our hands on with. Um, the water screen. I mean, you can clearly see there's there's two or three millimeters of the edge where it actually the screen just kind of stops and there's still that black 
yeah. um, you know, glass case band essentially that goes around the edge. So, yeah, I, I agree. Bigger, not edge to edge. Those images were definitely a little bit misleading, uh, especially for them to, to lead with those as the press. But, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. To, to your credit, you make the watch look great. I actually like it better in the hands-on picture than I like on Apple's official, uh, official images. <laughs> I genuinely do. I look at the big the shot that you did with the with the water, this, this purple and green stuff happening on the tile. And I look at it and I think to myself, that looks actually pretty good. It just it looks like a watch face with a bezel. But if yeah. I go to the to the Apple side and I look at it, and I'm like, oh my god, that's massive. It's somehow like the proportions on the pictures are just not as not as nice, you know, for the lack of a better term, to the watch. You know, I, I guess you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this in the metal. So what were your first impressions actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree that black edge really does look a little bit like a bezel and it almost lends it more of a watch-like characteristic. Look, I think the, the most important thing about this device is that, um, and and honestly, I, I felt, I would, I would say that I felt almost relieved um, throughout the presentation because the more, the more they were talking about the health benefits and those types of implications on how the device could be used throughout one's life, it really started to feel less like a watch i mean it, it's called a watch ostensibly um but sort yes. of in the same way that like your an iphone is a it's not a phone there's 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 barely anything phone like about you know what i'm holding in my hand right now um there's barely anything watch like about this it, with the exception of the fact that it occupies real estate on your wrist i feel like that's really about where the similarities end and when the apple watch came out back in 2015 they made such a strong case for it being a watch. Oh, it has a crown. You know, they were using all these watch, mm, all this watch terminology. Exactly. Um, they were using a lot of the complications, the crown. They were using a lot of um, uh, terminology. Terminology, yeah. exactly. And emotion based, um, really emotion based design using like luxury metals uh, and. Um, you know, yeah. stainless steel casing, all of these processes and everything were designed to appeal. It, they, it was like they were trying to win the affirmation of watch people. Yeah. They sort of forgot that, like, at the end of the day, this is not going to be a watch. This is never destined to be a watch. Yes, it's destined to compete with that real estate on your wrist, but at the same time, not a watch. And I think this is the very first iteration that we've seen since 2015 where that's that's they finally just said okay we get it not a watch <laughs> it's a, it's gonna do all this other stuff um and i think i think watch purists like people like i said in the article people who've um taken offense to to apple calling it a watch um should should be relieved and and by relieved i mean you know i, I say that with a bit of sarcasm because this whole time like if you don't like something don't buy it um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I we, we've, I feel like we've had to defend ourselves for three, what, three, four years on the blog. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Why are you covering this? Not a watch. Well, it's you know, if Apple's going to call it a watch and it's affecting the watch industry, we're going to cover it. Sorry, yeah. uh, don't read and, it or don't buy it. Like, <laughs> so. and it was a good idea to cover it because now with Series Four, and by the way, you, you raised some excellent points. I think right there in terms of how it transformed and how it was first announced and and yeah we, i think we made the right call of 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 covering it before it actually happened ariel like wrote like a an article like a few years before the apple watch and say you know where he contemplated like what's the apple watch apple iWatch he, he called it because you know of course everyone thought that they would they were going to call it the iWatch which they didn't which <laughs> i think right. is pretty funny 
Um, and actually, that's, that, there's something on that note that I, I will try not to forget to add. But anyway, so w we've been covering this for so long, and people have been coming, you know, like they, I'm sure there was like a march somewhere in like, uh, with, with forks and, uh, and <laughs> whatever, you know, like in downtown Geneva, like, you block the largest smartwatches, <laughs> say no to smartwatches, and now, we're, now, now things are finally coming to a spot where I think the, the Apple Watch and... Um, perhaps the Samsung Galaxy Watch, uh, which was you know hit here to call the the, uh, the the Galaxy Gear and then the Gear mm -hmm. S, whatever. These have developed to a point where I, I even I myself who I don't really like the idea of wearing a smartwatch would consider these because they are finally coming to a point where I, I can say that wow these are really rounded off. But the point that people need to understand, I think is that when it comes to a product that is this complicated, you have to bring it to the market and keep on working on it. You cannot just work mm -hmm. on it in an mm -hmm. isolated environment. Look what mm -hmm. Tesla did with the Roadster. They, they brought it out, not the new one, the old one, like eight years ago or seven years ago. They debuted it and it was their first car, as far as I know. Maybe there's some Tesla purist out there who will say no, because <laughs> whatever. Um, but they brought it, out, brought it to the market and, and look where they are now and how much work there has been in that regard. And the same mm -hmm. with Apple Watch. They needed to debut it and they needed the feedback of all the, all the buyers and also, I guess, watch people. Mm -hmm. And to go back to how, yeah, the iWatch and the watch, um, when they launched it and they called it the Apple Watch and they launched it in gold and you call the things on it, complications... That's how you knew that they really wanted to just kick in the door and at least show yeah. themselves on the steps saying, hey, you know, we're Apple and we are pretty much, you know, like we are effing here, okay? Yeah. We are yeah. effing here. We called it a watch and not an iWatch because it's a watch, not just a technological, you know, a piece of technology. It's more than that. It's meant to replace your watch. That's why it's available in gold. That's why it's available in steel. That's why we make all these straps and all these crazy bracelets and give all these uh, complications and call them that. That's why it has a crown because we want it to be a watch. And now, four years later, uh, it's drifting away from that. Like you said, excellently, it's it's drifting a little bit away. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and people I, I, are coming down. Sorry, just, just one, one last note. Yeah, just just want to think that as this is happening, people are becoming more and more. Have you seen in the comments and everywhere online more and more accepting of the Apple Watch and less uh, upset about it? Yeah, yeah, I, I and you know it's interesting. I've I've noticed I've noticed that sea change not just on a blog to watch, but um, on other other media outlets that yeah. have been covering it, whether they're watch media or they are uh, in tech. I mean, there's there's definitely. A slight attitude shift and it's interesting because um, this particular iteration I think the series 3 once they added um, once they added you know a data plan to it it did start yeah. to feel it, it didn't feel like a pivot it felt like the first two iterations were kind of half-baked and that yes this should have been there all along um, but this particular iteration with the electrocardiogram um, as well as with like the, the the fall protection, essentially the SOS uh, capability, it feels more like a pivot where they're trying to get this device um, in. You know, they had. I mean, they had the president of the American Heart Association on stage in the keynote. And I mean, to me, that's a huge. That's a huge signal that they are going after. I mean, this is this is a device that's prescribed by doctors. <laughs> so I mean, at that yeah. point. At that point, a lot of the swagger and the 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 attitude that you described a moment ago, when Apple Watch kind of hit the scene, 
um, with them trying to win over the purists and and uh, and and kind of stake their claim, saying this is a watch, we're going to take over the watch industry. Now they've quietly backed away from those that sort of braggadocio, and I think at this point they're very much saying like, you need to have this. You don't need a watch. You need this device. And I think that's that is you know that's that's good news for for the pitchfork army on the on the internet. They're gonna have to find something else to hate because I think um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, finally, seriously, uh, what what uh. what could possibly be next? Um, you know, like if you love if you love mechanical watches, you're gonna wear a mechanical watch. I mean, that did at the end of the day, like Apple is not saying we're trying to replace your mechanical watch. I just I have never I've never understood the <laughs> the the mindset of, of people feeling like their tastes are under well, assault. Um, the, uh, well, the only thing well well uh, I think Apple was a little bit hostile about that or they actually had like an aggressive Yeah, that's true. Into, yeah, into that's it. very and, true. And they keep on comparing them to others, which they have to, because, you know, one of the first slides that I can remember from this presentation a couple of days ago or a week ago said, number one watch in the world. That's exactly and right. And yeah, that's Rolex exactly right. and et cetera. And then you're like, oh, my God, you know, like, how did that happen? And it totally happened. And and that's, I think, you know, but like you say, I, I really honestly don't understand why people still dedicate the time and the energy to create a discuss account and type in, it's not a watch. You know, you wear it on your wrist and it tells the time. It's right. a watch. Yeah. You know, and on this basis, these are the same people who would have said, you know, like 40 years ago for a quartz watch, it's not a watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so the, the, it's, the, the thing is, is like, you know, you, you look at all, all manners of, of fashion and utility and all of these other spaces where you can choose to, you can choose to wear or purchase something that you like versus you can choose to wear or purchase something that serves a very specific utility in your life. I mean, to me, it's as simple as like, you could wear ultra comfortable Skechers sneakers, or you could wear like a pair of cool leather boots. What, like, what's your choice gonna be? I mean, one, they, they both serve, they both occupy the same space on your feet. You can't wear them at the same time. Um, they both <laughs> yeah. they both ensure that you can go outside. Uh, and, and that? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that to me. I mean, one one asserts sort of a style preference and asserts a little bit of your own personality, and the other is purely like comfortable. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, I, so would you I, say like a, a Casio FW ninety one <laughs> is not a watch? Yeah, that's a very it's good point. That's watch. a very good point. That's a very. It good is. Point. It's exactly and, and, a watch. It's always been a watch. Yeah. yeah Where yeah, do you draw yeah, the you line? See? It's yeah. actually the, what, what people would have called 40 years ago, not a watch, is the epitome of a watch today. <laughs> That's very, very true. That's very an interesting true. point on which we can end, I believe. I think we promised yeah. in the beginning of this podcast, you know, um, addressing some other issues and subjects and whatnot. Yeah. But we went from Swatch Group buying a million <laughs> Apple watching and tickets to, to the Casio of the FW91. That's so exactly that makes right. it. That makes yeah. it a true spending time episode. Zach, you want to add something in closing? You know, I um, real quick, we you'd, you'd asked a little bit about first impressions. I know um, not to not to completely upend the transition, but um, a lot of people <laughs> have asked kind of on Instagram or in the the story as well how it wears. And I have a pretty small wrist, and I I think people worried about the uh, the size of the new device. Um, you know, going from going from 42 to 44 millimeters and 38 right. to 40 millimeters now. 
Um, we, even with a pretty small wrist, I think the 44 is kind of the way to go. Uh, and I can't wait for you to, uh, you to get one on your wrist as well. Cause I think, um, the 40 felt really small. And when, you know, the watch is 44 millimeters, that's essentially the lug to lug distance, um, which is actually pretty short and wears, wears nice and compact. So I think a lot of people are, are gonna, gonna really like the, uh, like the size change. But I do, I do think that this is a device that, um, is going to surprise a lot of people when they, when they finally check one out in person and see that like there's, there are watch like qualities to it. And, um, but like the, the real world application puts it much, much further from, um, you know, Regular that three, watches. three hand mechanical piece, uh, it's probably on your wrist right now as you're listening to this. So, uh, rest easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if your watch has, has more hands than three, then all the better for you. you know, we <laughs> That's just, exactly right. We're yeah. happy for you. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening and thank you, Zach, for tuning in and, uh, we'll catch up with you guys, uh, next time. Thanks for having me, David.